What is up, everyone, and welcome back to episode nine of the TPL pod. Today, as a guest, we have Morgan Stewart. As a kid, Morgan was a stud on the softball field and the baseball field, but didn't always know how to find her voice. Despite that, she dominated through high school and moved on to the University of Washington, where she won a Women's College World Series. After college, she co-founded the Package Deal, with her focus being on the defensive side of the ball. As a way to empower athletes, like a younger Morgan, struggling to find her voice, she founded Defense Club, an online mental skills course dedicated to helping athletes with positive self-talk and communication skills. Morgan teaches defense lessons in Orange County in addition to her travels with the package deal and online classes. But for Morgan, defense doesn't end with your glove in the field. But now, without further ado, let's get into it. Morgan, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. So you are a very big name in the softball world. So this is exciting to get to talk to you and kind of break down. You have multiple businesses in softball. You are kind of everywhere social media wise and online as well. So I'm excited to get into it with you. Yeah, I guess there's a lot lot to cover under the uh, name defense, but uh, yeah, let's do it. Nice. Well, I kind of want to start with your why. Um, just to get let people know about you. So a lot of your website, including a lot of the courses you teach, they focus on finding your voice, mental skills, mental toughness. A lot of it seems to be more than just softball. What led you to kind of take the comprehensive approach like that to your coaching? And did you have somebody when you grew up who helped you answer those questions that really guided you? Yeah, really good question. Um, I think that biggest thing is I try to teach to the girl that I used to be. So I was a quiet kid growing up. Uh, I kind of had trouble speaking for myself a lot just because, uh, well, I was shy. And, and that's, that's a big thing with a lot of the girls that I teach is I see like a fire kind of behind their eyes. Just like, okay, I want it. I'll, I'll work really hard, but, uh, they have trouble putting that into words or raising their hand because they're afraid to fail or they're afraid to kind of look silly in front of their friends. And I was that kid. Uh, and then fast forward to college, I had uh, kind of a dip in my performance. And because I didn't work on that self-talk of building myself up from when I was younger, uh, I did have some mental skills, but I was really knocked down. And that's really, uh, the biggest thing that I want to help kids with is developing uh, a little bit earlier, their ability to be kind to themselves is, is really number one. I want them to feel safe in their sport, but also if they want to get to that elite next level, uh, mental game is where it's at. And, and if you believe it, that you are going to get there, that's, that's the first step, but also uh, we have to be able to do it in a healthy way. And, uh, I just hope that I'm, uh, somebody that is able to have the right messages for them. So you felt like you didn't always have this, and this was something that, especially in college came out that you really needed it. Well, honestly, I had people telling me like, Hey, how you speak to yourself is really matters. And I feel like I understood it, but I didn't pay attention. And I had a really great travel ball coach from the, from the time that I was, 
14 years old on that was really pushing me to find my voice. But I felt, I just felt like one, I wasn't consistent at working at it. And I feel like in this age of social media, all we see is like, oh, there's that girl posting again. Oh, I'm scrolling and here's that reminder. So uh, I'm kind of using technology to my benefit and also the, my girl's benefit of if they're going to see consistently consistency out of social media and that's just part of their life, might as well use it for good. Right. And um, I think that I just honestly ignored some of the warning signs that I didn't think were warning signs for me. Uh, so in terms of just being out in the field and not being comfortable speaking up and thinking, well, no, I'm going to lead by example. Like that, this is just kind of how I am, but on, but communication is just part of the game. Thinking, uh, thinking the game and having a strong mental foundation is part of the game. And that's something that I want to definitely, I guess, preach to these girls and these athletes is, it's not an option. And if you are waiting until you get to college for somebody to kind of spoon feed it to you, it doesn't really happen. Right. So as you're on your own personal journey, you were obviously a very good softball player to get to the point that you are. I know you went to Washington, you won a women's college world series. So you obviously had to be very good to get there. Were you the stud in high school? Like, did you dominate from a young age? Um, it's funny. I was, I was really good in high school. I have, I have wards uh, and high school softball is a little bit different. Anybody that plays high school, it's like, okay, you've got one of two teams. You've got the team with the coach that also teaches science that doesn't know anything about softball, or you've got kind of that high school team where you're getting recruited and, and it's pretty intense. And growing up in Southern California, softball's a really big sport. So I was, I was really good in high school, but right before I think my sophomore year, I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat, right? Like, and that was when I met my, that really influential travel ball coach. Uh, and uh, I was, I was super proud of my defensive game. Just, all right, this is fun. I like diving. I like making plays. I know I'm athletic. And I had that innate belief in myself on that side of the game, but hitting, it was not fun for me. And so I definitely wasn't that all everything girl until I met that coach and that really had an impact on me. Gotcha. So what would you say your youth experience was like? So it was very positive. You things kind of rolled for you at a younger age. And then we needed, you needed something else to kind of get you through that hump to get you to the point where you were being recruited to colleges. Yeah, I think, so I grew up playing baseball. I transitioned in softball, uh, 12 years old. And I always thought like, and as kids, we were kind of taken to places, right? My parents did a lot of research. They, they got me to tryouts. They got me to, to some of the best teams. I was recruited and everything's kind of laid out. And these athletes don't really have to be creative or have to really make a decision. All right, I'm going to own my experience. I, I need to learn this, this, and this because it's kind of planned out for you. And especially in college, once you get there, you go to weights, you go to study hall, you go to practice, uh, there's not really time to go, all right, hmm, what am I going to do with these five extra hours of my day? Cause you don't mm -hmm. have it. Uh, so I think the big thing that was a light bulb for me and wanting to do this for the younger generation of kids coming up and wanting to be on TV, playing the women's college world series, just like I did is to 
infuse this into their routine because this is something that even though it's not like, okay, this is obvious. You're going to do your T work. You're going to do your mental work and you're going to do your defensive work. and You're going to do your schoolwork. It's not like, it's not like that at, at least right now. And it's getting a lot more uh, light shed on it with more awareness to men- mental health. And it's just kind of uh, infused in there, but this is definitely my attempt at wanting to practice this sooner because I was always taught, right? We need 10,000 hours to master a skill. Right. For me, I didn't feel like I even paid attention to the mental game until college. And then at that time, I'm like, oh, I'm way behind. I should have been practicing these strategies and these, these methods when I was at least in high school. So that's the goal here. It's also something you don't always know you need until you really need it. Like if you've had good success and then all of a sudden we're, you're missing out on things that you'd had done well in the past. Now you're, you're looking for it and it might be a little too late to make up time in that moment. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what I, I talked to a lot of athletes that have uh, kind of told their stories on that defense club handle. Just, Hey, what do you, what do you wish that you knew before? It's like, Hey, maybe develop these skills before you need it. Because right. when you get in that slump, when you fall down, when you fail, you're kind of looking around and you feel like you're just alone and that you don't have what you need to, to get back up and just do what is more so normal is perform and go through your workouts. Right. So right. yeah, it's, it's hard to spread that message because a lot of kids are like, no, I'm good. I'm like right, the I'm best on my well. team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need another thing to do. And I get it. Like it's, we're all busy and it's, especially it's like cool to be busy. Yeah. I've got practice. I'm, I'm going to Arizona. I'm traveling. I'm doing this. Okay. But also this, I know that this just seems like another thing, but it's something that's going to be probably the thing that saves you when you don't want to waste time later on in your career. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. So talking about traveling to Arizona and all that stuff, I know you you said you played baseball, which is unique, but there's been a lot of changes in youth sports. It's gotten more Mm -hmm. competitive, younger. There's a lot of travel. It can be expensive to play. Are there things you advocate for now that maybe are not as commonly held opinions, you know, like maybe less games, more practice. Uh, I don't know, waiting until a certain age for a certain skill. Are there certain things that you worked for you and you liked when you were coming up and now you see and you're like, oh, maybe we need to change a little bit back to that way. Or do you like where the game has gone? Uh, it's so hard to say because the game has gotten better. These kids are better than I was. So there's there's some aspect of because there's there is more access to information, which is awesome. Softball is closely following baseball in a way, right? Baseball is an older game than softball. So we're learning uh, how to teach our kids, our coaches are learning just like the girls are. Uh, one thing I will say that I enjoyed from my time growing up is that there was way more practice than it just with your team. There wasn't as many exposure tournaments. There wasn't as many, I don't know, these, these families are spending a lot of money traveling a lot of travel. Yeah. I mean, every week I'm with my girls, we're doing lessons and everything. And it's like, okay, what's your update? What, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to Utah. Oh, I'm going to Arizona. I'm going to Texas. I'm going to Florida. I'm like, is this nationals? No, it's just a tournament. Right. Oh my God. (laughs) Like when, where's the, I mean, and these were always the dreaded 
weekend practices, but all right, here's a six hour practice and we're going to learn cutoffs. We're going to learn first and third defense. Um, and now it's like, all right, throw them into the fire. Let's go play a tournament where I, who knows what it matters. It's hard, for, to, but it's you guys hard to develop skills when you're playing all the time in a game setting. You have to, you can't work on a swing when you're trying to get a hit. You can only work on your swing when it's time to work on your swing. So well, that's why, I don't yeah, know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough balance that I think families and kids have to try to find and strike now. That's definitely new to the world that maybe it was going on a little bit when I was playing, but I didn't feel like it was to the extent that it is now, at least. Well, you think about too, getting in playing shape versus when you're in the se- in season, I'm thinking about like college games and like in preseason, that's your time to get in shape, get like, get your mind, right. Get all of your ducks in a row so that when you hit that that playing season, you're good, you're good to roll. But as that season wears on your body breaks down, like you're not lifting as heavy because you don't want to be sore for the game Mm -hmm. uh, in the next week. But I mean, at the end of that season, you're kind of broken. And I don't think these kids are getting time to recover and time to actually uh, feel a little bit more. uh, I mean, I, I was always really confident coming out of fall ball just because, okay, you're getting your reps, you're feeling good. And it's not like coaches aren't, aren't uh, challenging you with those reps, but man, games, that's a grind. And I, I, a lot of kids recovering, I think uh, this many games can be a detriment later on. Mm -hmm. No, it's, 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 I don't, I don't have the right answer. I don't know if anyone does. It's just, I find, I like hearing people's opinions on it because it's, it's different. It's new. And as somebody who's played, but also is now coaching, you're in the world of trying to strike a balance of, well, I don't know if that would have worked for me. Maybe it works for you, but I think certain skills can be refined more in a practice setting or a, a fall ball setting. You know, I also, to that point, when you're, you're talking about the mental skills, you know, in a lot of the conversations we've had with access to so much information, you're, the competition has gotten better across youth sports in general. And your mental skills kind of end up being the big separator for certain guys. It, it forces you to really, or girls, excuse me, but it forces you to really separate yourself on that level because skill-wise, a lot of people are really, really good now. So no, I think exactly. that brings way more value to, you know, a, to something like Defense Club. No, that's, that's a, a great point too, is because kids are getting better a lot sooner. I mean... Uh, I know that with softball, I got a lot better in college. I, re- I really did. I mean, just like anybody would practicing every single day with the top, uh, top talent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but now as we're getting better earlier and earlier, we're like honing in on our swing. We've we're we've got all these, uh, like blast motion and all these things in analytics now. I mean, yeah. What is a separator? What's the thing that's going to push you over the edge to get you actually noticed? And I mean, there's not much else besides the mental game, right? You got to put up some numbers in the game. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now that I kind of understand why defense club matters to you, that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I totally get that. It's, I think it is kind of unique to be focused on defense in general, like actually in the field defense that, and that's like your specialty. Mm-hmm. What kind of led you down that path? aside from excelling at defense to be so focused on just one specific skill. I know I saw you don't really teach hitting and you don't really Mm-mm. teach. Yeah. What, why, why defense so exclusively? Yeah. Uh, it actually, well, one, I love it. Just like you said, uh, two, when I started really full-time coaching with the package deal, like I started, 
I co-founded the package deal and I also started my own defensive lessons. It kind of happened at the same time. And at that time, when we started package deal, I was sharing kind of this hitting session with Katie Schroeder and both of us are like workhorses. We've got similar personalities. And, uh, at that time, I remember watching these girls play catch in the outfield just because, all right, they're getting warmed up. This is normal before a clinic. They're getting warmed up and they looked terrible. Like mm-hmm. I was watching them like, why aren't we helping the, these girls? Right. And they're the same ones that are going to come to hitting and we're breaking things down. We're, we're really diligent in watching their swing, but man, there's a whole half of the game that we're just ignoring. So we kind of made the choice and package deal started out with no defensive session. We were just hitting, pitching, catching just because that's what people wanted. And right. obviously it's important. If you hit, you play. I mean, I right. get it. Um, but there was a, there was a moment when I was like, all right, we have to have defense or else we're not serving these kids in the right way. So we broke off and did, and I was started to be the defense girl for a package deal. And then I started my own group lessons And my thing is I wanted to serve kind of that underserved population, which is the the kids that love defense, kind of those defense geeks that uh, really pay attention to detail. And also I wanted to be a voice that said, hey, this matters. Like I get it that it's not as hard as hitting. The skills, honestly, let's be real, catching and throwing, it's not as hard, but the, the skill and the talent comes in or that wow factor comes in when you are consistent. And that's, and that's, I think the backbone of defense is that uh, when you're out there, you're part of a unit, people, people will notice your play when you're not making mistakes, right? You're consistently ready every single pitch. And the reason why defense club is even called defense club is because I started on this journey of going, all right, these, people don't really talk about defense as much one. And there's this willing, there's this need to be ready for every single situation that comes at you. Right. And so I've been talking about this for a while on the physical side. And then that's kind of what evolved on the uh, mental side as well. Just that idea that we need to be ready for anything that comes at us. Gotcha. That makes sense. Thinking about the defense, you only get noticed when you make mistakes or you do the absolute elite. So it is true that it's like yeah. you got, those are the guys or the everyone who's good at that. Those are like the true grinders. I think back a little bit in college for myself, our, our shortstops in college were Pat Blake and Kevin Kramer, who are both now major league shortstops. And like if you walked in, if practice was at two and you got to the field at 12, 15, those dudes were out there taking ground balls quietly, footwork, hands, everything. And then when the game came, they both, you know, nobody ever kicked one. And it's kind of like the unsung hero of your, the elements of your game where, yeah, if you hit, you play, but if you're kicking balls, that gets very noticed. <laughs> yeah. So. You're not going to, you're not going to get the spotlight. You're not, we're not talking about, all right, you have the ball every single pitch. You like you're, you're in the batter's box and everybody's looking at you. No, nobody's looking at you unless yeah. you do something wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that is, that's true. Nice. That's interesting. So with the package deal, I know I see, obviously you guys are, the softball clinic. I know that I see like a lot of clinics in other sports and in, and in softball as well, but it seems like you guys really got it right. And you guys kind of own the game. How did you get that off the ground? And kind of was, was the, was the response this popular right away? We've definitely grown. I mean, we had to really, really work and get 
boots on the ground and actually go to these places. I remember one winter or one year, we were in 50 cities in a year. <laughs> and it, I mean, talk about not being home long enough to like do your laundry. It was like, right. <laughs> you, you throw it in the di- the dishwasher, the washing machine and take it out and get back on the road. But um, it definitely was, it was popular uh, because people showed up to our clinics, but yeah, we had some clinics where it was like, man, are we doing the right thing? Are we in the right city? And there was a lot of adjustments. There, there were different ways that we, uh, thought that we needed to kind of level up in, in certain ways, but, uh, I'll attribute our immediately uh, immediate online success to Jen Schroeder. Like she was one of the pioneers of posting her drills, on Facebook and just actually using social media as a tool and a vessel. Uh, so she is a genius in that regard. And uh, Amanda Scarborough as well, she has been posting um, her pitching stuff on social media as well. So you can, you see their Facebooks are just like above and beyond a bunch of other instructors on the softball side. And having those two work together has boosted, I mean, the people that are able to see my stuff as well. And I think that's the beauty of the package deal is you bring together a bunch of different personalities and these girls can kind of connect to what I'm not as loud and as crazy as Jen, but there <laughs> are, there are girls that relate to that personality type. And there are a, a lot of girls that relate to mine that are like, okay, no, I'll do the work. I'm not going to yell and cheer like right. her, but <laughs> like I'm here too. Right. My, yeah. my, my role matters as well. So it definitely has grown a lot. Like we did a clinic at, uh, AT&T stadium in Dallas. I saw that. That is so cool. (laughs) Two new years in a row. And it was like, man, I don't, I don't know how we got here, but we have, we must be doing something right. And I think it's attributed to those different, like everybody coming together and we kind of act as a bridge and between, we don't, uh, discriminate between what organization, what team you come from. We're just like, Hey, if you want to learn, come on over. Right. Uh, And then we also are trying to do those life lesson pieces inside of our drills as well. Like, Hey, you have to work hard, hard work pays off. I mean, just the things that we all know as athletes, but it's not just the mechanics. And that has definitely transcended into all of our individual brands as well. Right. I talked to Amanda actually a little bit about how she built hers. And she said a lot of stuff was on Facebook and YouTube and stuff, videos of her that she didn't, that she didn't share. And so she was like, I need to take ownership of my stuff so that I'm conveying the message of me. And so that was, I know, a big deal. And when she started to get her big social media presence, but very cool. So teaching in a clinic setting, obviously you do lessons as well nightly. Teaching in a clinic setting versus lessons, kind of what do you like about the clinic? What do you like about the lessons and kind of what what are the trade-offs for you? Uh, There's definitely things I like about both. Teaching in a clinic, it's high energy right? You're kind of larger than life. You have to amplify your personality a little bit, right? So me talking to you right now, I'm, I've kind of amplified my personality a (laughs) tiny bit just because I know I'm being recorded. But when you're in a clinic and you're talking to 65 kids, you've got to be louder. You've got, you have to make your message super crystal clear and touch on like three big points because you want those kids to have something to go home with, right? And that's mm-hmm. how you want to impact them. You might not see those kids ever again, but your job is to impact them in that second. And I mean, it's a little bit more pressure on me and it gets my adrenaline going. And if my regular lesson saw me in a clinic setting, they'd be like, whoa, this is like a lot, right? <laughs> Interesting. But 
And so my regular lessons, I really like that because it's a lot more personal connection. Like I can, I can see a girl in one week and then the next week she improves and I see that and uh, there's pride in that, but there's also like, I can see, I can give them a little bit more personalized feedback. And I mean, both are, both are so needed. Cause I, I remember meeting one person one time and you, you hold on to like one sentence they said, or one idea or how they made you feel. And it's, it's empowering, right. And right. in some regard, cause you kind of hold them up on a pedestal. And then in lessons, I kind of want to be just somebody more like a mentor to these girls that can see them each and every week and can be, I guess, a voice of, of reason, just going, Hey, all right, you kick that ball. Who cares? Right. Keep going, keep working. Um, and that's that consistency that I, that I preach to them as well. As a coach, this is something I struggle with when I teach is I want to give kids too much. Like I struggle, mm-hmm. I like, you know, as a coach in a clinic setting, kind of how do you, how have you been able to rein that back just for myself to learn? I, I'm not great at it. And so how, do, what do you, what have you done to allow yourself to kind of be able to pick three things like that and be like, this is what we're going to go with, or even in a private, in a lesson setting? Uh, it's tough. It's tough. And I, and I have seen, I actually looked in a notebook of the workouts that I wrote. I'm like, oh my God, how did I even fit all of that into one lesson? And you, you have to realize like, if, if you have 12 things that you want to hit, th- and this is just from watching the girls and watching their faces, even on video after I'm done and you see just girls going like they're out right? and, and just knowing, okay, I'm going to hit three things really hard. And if I go off on a tangent on one of them, because it's like really important and I'm feeling something there and I'm feeling a connection to that moment, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to go. But if I have 12 things scheduled, I'm never going to be able to connect with that moment. So I think that I, one is I write my things down and it's cool to be able to go back and look at what I've scheduled. Um, And really it's, uh, this is so weird for me to say this, but it is a lot based on feeling. Cause I am a, I'm a planner by nature, right? Like I'm type mm-hmm. A, I, I write everything down that I want to say in a clinic. It's not scripted, but I've got my points and yeah, I just hit it. I hit a spot when I realized uh, that people weren't absorbing all 12 points. People rarely will get past two or three. Right. So I just go with that. <laughs> nice. Nice. So I know you had mentioned with your clinics, what, what allows them to be so successful is you guys don't, you said something about not discriminating team organization, whatever. I know it kind of stinks that you even have to leave, say that because you'd hope that, you know, anyone that wants to participate would feel comfortable participating. So kind of in that vein, when you're a mom and you have a little girl and you want to navigate the world of softball, speaking as a parent, not as the coach, how, what kind of, how would you navigate that world for your daughter right now? If your daughter was five and then if she was 10 and then if she was 15, Gosh, are there, it's so... are there like certain, you know, I just, is as you're talking about, it's a lot of travel, it's expensive. It's this, it's that. What kind of would you do with your kid? It's so hard to say because I think it's gotten so much more difficult. Like it's not just, I, I can just say, oh yeah, I'd have her play whatever sport she wanted. She'd play five sports if she wanted to, but really those elite kids that are going from uh, age group to age group, they're starting at 10, like 
there's eight and under travel teams, which I don't even get. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if I was navigating this right now, would your daughter would be playing on an eight and under travel team? Oh no, 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 no. I, if I could help it, I'd have her start at 12 and under travel. Cause I, I mean, that's when I started, but at this point she's going to be a little bit behind. So I right. think <laughs> it's so hard to say it really is, but I would want her to play multiple sports. And once you get on a travel team, these coaches are very, very, uh, insistent that your time goes to their sport that mm-hmm. your time is like hey you have to get these reps in which i totally get but there's a lot of these kids don't know that they love softball at 10 years old yeah they love softball but they also love karate and they also love basketball and they also love soccer right so did you play yeah, other sports through 12 years old um i played basketball up until uh like my sophomore year of high school Okay. But not it wasn't on the level of softball. I it sprained my ankle right be before nationals. It's for me, yeah. But I I do think that that's it's rare. I don't know. Like I I don't know how many of these kids are like, oh, this is it. This is all I want to do. Right. But there's there's those kids out there. Um. But yeah, I. This is probably why I haven't had kids yet because I don't have <laughs> no idea how I would navigate it. Uh. Yeah, it just it just seems so foreign to me and and having these kids in my lessons and and watching them and it's really cool to see how dedicated some of them are. But look at I I'm not sure how long all these kids can take the pressure and focus and dedication it takes to be at such a high level. Right. Um so I would try my hardest to keep my daughter out of travel ball until 12. <laughs> but as far as uh, this last like lesson settings with somebody like yourself that's a, a great setting for them to learn. Yes. And um, I would not have my daughter in lessons before eight years old, like the fours, five, six, seven year old kids. Um, majority of the things that I'm doing with them and I'll tell their parents this too, is like, Hey, she needs to work on just hand-eye coordination, have her throw a, a tennis ball against the wall. You don't need to come here. Right. right. <laughs> like she doesn't need to come hang out with me. Like it's fun like this. Yeah. That's fun to me, but I'm not doing anything revolutionary here. We're not going over healthy patterns that unless she's just like totally catapulting the ball over her head or something, but right. Yeah. I would, I would just keep things out of being super over coached until necessary. I want these kids to play. I want them to learn their bodies. I want them to fall down. They don't need to be told exactly how to throw and just become robots. Right. Uh, That's something that I think is a little bit missing in youth sports is a lot of people are overcoached. So uh, I've definitely put myself. That answer is not a great one, but (laughs) no, no, that's fair. Uh, I don't know. I think that's very fair. I've definitely overcoached myself and knowing like trying to fix too many things in a kid in a setting where it's like, no, Zach, you didn't need to go over the top, like pick one or two things, or you're trying to fix. He's nine, Zach. It doesn't matter, you know, like, and, and so I kind of understand that. And that's, yeah. that's probably why I ask <laughs> is like, for me, I'm not always great at it. When I give lessons, sometimes it's a struggle for me, but I also wonder if it was my kid, would I want them hearing from somebody who is very qualified at a young age, or do I want them to feel out their body a little bit? And I do think it's a balance. So I don't know. It's interesting. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think back when I was learning too, I just wanted somebody 
that had a plan for me that knew all the steps I needed to take. And I did want more information rather than less too. just going, wait, you can't just tell me to have fun. You can't just tell me to, <laughs> to throw it. However, I, I want to throw it. Like, that's not a plan. That's not, that's not anything. So there, it, like you said, it's a balance, right? You want to give them enough information so that they can master that and feel good about it, but then also leave a little bit of the unknown as a challenge. So yeah. Uh, I don't know what I would do if I was a mom. (laughs) You don't have to, you don't have to know right now. (laughs) Um, So what's kind of, yeah, I got some time, I think. Moving forward for you guys with the package deal and with your own personal journey. I know you, the defense club is new for you, right? That one you came out with this summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I came, that one officially launched its courses this summer. And then it's been kind of a thing for a year or so, but yeah, it's very new. What would you like progression wise kind of to see happen? Do you want it to defense club, new courses, package deal? Kind of where do you see your personal business transitioning or heading? I really don't know. I just know that my capacity to teach uh, people in person, it's going to hit its limits. And so I want to just make things available online where I can. So I know that there's a lot of people that met me in the package deal that live in Indiana, New York, Oklahoma, all these places across the country. And I want to make information accessible. And online is the only way that I know how to do that if I don't want to keep traveling every single weekend. So at some point, there's there's a limit. So my hope is that Defense Club does grow. Um but yeah, that's, that's even beyond softball. That's all sports. So in terms of my softball business, uh, I, I definitely see myself continuing to coach in person. I definitely see whenever we can travel again, uh, package deal, getting back on the ground and back out there because people like it. Uh, but yeah, I, I just hope that I kind of put all my information online as well. So that when I do start to go, Hey, I can't do this in person anymore. I've got, I've got to kind of have a life <laughs> that, that it can live on. That's, that's the goal. Well, that's very cool. It does. It's also cool because talking with you, it definitely sounds like as much as you have going on online, still teaching an in-person lesson seems to be something you're very passionate about and you really still enjoy, which I think is really cool. And that it's not just like a business, like this is truly what I love doing. And I'm trying to convey it to as many people as possible, I think is very cool. Yeah, no, I, I think it's just impactful to have somebody right in front of you. So uh, as long as I can do that, I'm going to do that. But yeah, there's going to be a time you got to hang them up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, fingers crossed it's not for a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Morgan, thank you so much for joining me. This was really cool to get to know you and, and your businesses. And and kind of I, I love hearing your your take on, you know, trying to, if it was my kid or how your personal journey shaped how you're training kids now. I think that's really cool and, and super impactful. So thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. This was really fun. Yeah. Do it again sometime. Definitely. <laughs> Alrighty. Take care. Have a great day. All right. See ya. Bye.